Amazing. Um, it's been really encouraging to be away at the Pioneer Weekend the last couple of days. And what is especially encouraging is that it seems that across the nation, people are asking the same sorts of questions that we've been asking over the last few months about how do we meet the needs of our local communities and local places and spaces. So I'm really excited for a couple of weeks' time where we... It's actually only a week, isn't it? a week's time where we're going to have that Zoom call to think more about where God wants to uh, move in us in the outdoors and the arts and, and different things that so many of us seem particularly passionate about. Okay, so this morning we're continuing our series on fruitfulness on the front line. If it's your first time here this morning, this is a series looking at how we can be fruitful for God wherever we are, whether that's when we're at work, when we're volunteering, when we're at home, when we're on the school run, wherever we are. And we've heard from Catherine, who spoke about modeling godly character, and Theo about making good work. And today, we're going to be thinking about ministering grace and love. Now, I wonder if I'm sure, in fact, you can think of a time where somebody has done something for you and you've thought, oh, you didn't have to do that. That was really kind. You shouldn't have done that. There's, um, we do Forest Church every month and there's somebody who comes up to me at the end of every single one and says, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. That was really good. And they say it as though they've never been before and that they've never done it before. But every time I think, oh, you didn't have to say that. That's really kind. And I'm sure there's times people have bought you a gift or given you their time or made you a meal or helped you, sent a text or whether it's small or big. There's many ways, isn't there, that we can minister grace and love to one another. And of course, Jesus did this. He was somebody who did things even though he didn't have to. So he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He didn't have to, but he did. He healed the paralyzed man. He set off to the centurion's house. He didn't have to, but he did. He didn't have to turn water into wine or feed the 5,000, but he did. He didn't have to come to earth as a baby or die on a cross, but he did. <laughs> he didn't have to grill fish for his disciples, but he did. Grace doesn't have to. Love doesn't have to. And when I was thinking about these character attributes, there was somebody who has been, uh, I've known all of my life, I think, and um, she is brilliant at showing grace and love to people. She, I'm sure many of you have experienced the amazing gifts and thoughtful things that she does for people. She certainly is very generous to our children and there's also many other things that she does. So I'd love to uh, uh, introduce Susie Scorer to everybody. So Susie, do you want to come up and we're going to have a little chat about some of the things that you do? So um, if people don't know, can everybody see? Are the chairs okay? 
this is this is Susie, and um, you are amazing at giving good gifts, Susie, aren't you? I don't know. You are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, you help out regularly at the St. Denis Activity Centre, don't you? Yeah. Um, I'd love you to share a little bit about what it is that you do there. Well, first of all, St. Denis Activity Centre was set up for mental health and well-being, and it's a safe space for people to come and share and to meet us, the volunteers. Um, it was set up by Pastor Willins, who's um, passed away now, but he had a big um, vision for using his hall at the New Testament Church of God for community, and um, the St. Dennis Activity Centre is one of the things that goes on there. It's just one of the things. Um, we do quite a variety of things um, when we meet there. I particularly do some craft activities, which are of a very basic level, but we enjoy it doing it together. Um, and uh, people come every week from 10 till half past two to share and do things. Um, now, what was the question going forward? <laughs> what is it that you do, just describing what you do at the St. Denis Activity Centre? Oh, yes, well, I was trying to explain what we actually did there. That's good. <laughs> so, people know there. what we actually do. So, we have quizzes, we have card games going on, we have board games, we have colouring. There's been a sewing machine going on. Um, people have been doing hair decorations and cross-stitch. And we also have regular visios um, for mental health subjects, and we have Christmas meals. We have open days with outside speakers coming in. And um, we also go to big events like the um, clinical commissioning group um, does. And we have training for peer support and first aid, and so it goes on. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, as a volunteer, it's enjoyable because we're chosen to do this and it's a commitment and when you see progress it's a real sense of achievement for us and we work together as a team there's six volunteers at the moment but if you'd like to come and help be a volunteer even for an hour or two you're very welcome <laughs> and we have house rules and we do debriefing at the end of the meetings um yes yeah, so that's basically what the activity centre does, Flora. Thank you, Susie. Um, so uh, I asked Susie to talk about the way that she uh, ministers grace and love to people. And you chatted to the person that leads it, didn't you? And the leader wrote some very lovely things about you, the ways that you share grace and love to people. So <laughs> are you happy to share the list of ways? Oh, yes. Well, this is blowing my own trumpet a bit <laughs> if I say these things. <laughs> it's saying, giving time to others in love welcoming new people who are afraid even to come through the door and putting them at ease is love we have quite a few of those supporting the needs of those who are not able to function properly nurturing those who are afraid is love respecting others regardless of their condition is love diluting difficult situations through communication is love a gift not judging others is love and grace because you know God has given us different, diff di different gifts to use. I make a lot of cakes, as not as you know, <laughs> and offer them free to members. Passion to support others and using my gifts and skills and crafts that enables um, people to relax is love. There we are, Flora. 
Thank you, Susie. And I know that I've been a recipient of some of these things as well. <laughs> yes. um, okay, so over the years, as well as doing this, you've also befriended people along the way of various different things that you've done. How have you been able to show love and grace to those people that you've befriended? Well, I think the first thing is having insight into my own health and well-being and knowing my own strengths and weaknesses, and particularly um, today, and knowing where I stand today when I meet to someone, meet someone, and that's the welcome that you give someone. And recognizing how others see the world is through their eyes and not my own eyes. They see things differently to me. And meeting people at their point of contact today and offer myself in meekness in how I do it. Forming bridging relationships between people, maybe on different levels of sharing, how to work life's problems and challenges out together. Giving involved concentration is the person's time, which is more or less complete reason for our friendship at the time. You're thinking of them all the time and not of yourself. Um, and putting my own concerns in life to get a baseline of communication. It's all about thinking about other people. Being willing to greet and meet at somewhere where, you feel, where they feel safe. Could be the home or the cafe or out for a walk. Encouraging a bit of adventure and experience that will give a forceful memory to them. I think that's quite important to stretching yourself and stretching them. And giving occasional spares to the others outside of formal meetings, which can be the old text, the phone call, or in my case, a card, or just to help them to think about things that they can do in the week and months ahead. Well, hopefully not months, but the weeks ahead. Um, anything else? And in meetings, it's often um, good to know that they're part of a team of people that come to meet together and that you're taking the lead and that you're showing that you care for a whole group and that's part of the whole group that matters and they're part of it. Um, and being careful about um, how to show your faith. Often um, with people with mental health difficulties, a lot of thoughts about spirituality and on courses and things, spirituality comes through as one of the things people are thinking about. And in that, you might have the opportunity to share um, and be a cog in the wheel for their salvation or just their love and their care in life. Yes? Thank you. And then finally, um, how does your relationship with God help you do all of this? All right. Well, going back to 2010... Um, I've sort of had problems for 32 years, but going back to 2010, um, there was a time when I was utterly dependent on worship and prayer um, in my daily life, and I couldn't think of doing anything else. And I just realized that my life is to worship God and have this friendship and relationship with God so that I know through every situation now, that's my baseline of doing things. And uh, through that, um, we have relationship and friendship um, with other people and part of God's kingdom and working things together. Um, yes. Uh, and um, 
I think God speaks to me with a sense of humor. I've shared this with people in connect groups that I've been through, so that it's how I am and where I am, and so that I can't get out of what God's saying to me, but he does it through this sense of humor, and that um, is helpful to me. Um, and also recently, I just felt, um, when I was in my room on time, um, God speaking to me that I'm a servant of God. And that's sort of the word for me, being a servant. And it's not all through um, meeting people with groups and, and different sort of health, self-help groups and um, uh, other kind of groups that I've been involved with. But um, uh, 32 years ago, I thought about um, <clears throat> thinking outside of myself that enable me to be part of the community and thinking of other people and trying to help them in much more difficult situations than myself. And with mental health, there's quite a bit of that to do. And I want to say also that people come to this activity group have such a variety of backgrounds. It's not just people who found life difficult in circumstances, but people who have been uh, doctors and draftsmen we've had, um, people who've done university degrees, everything, you know, um, contributes to your mental health and well-being. And we want to sort of see people grow and get back into work and be better people. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about what you do and also for the way that you show grace and love in, so in, in that and also in, in many other ways and for how thoughtful you are. So thank you for sharing with us this morning. Um, isn't it really encouraging to hear the many different things that are going on and especially the many ways that Susie as an example and I'm sure many other people here are showing grace and love in their every weeks and every days. Um, today I'd like us to take a little look at a, a passage that's probably very familiar to us which is uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. So if you've got your Bibles it's in Luke 10 25 to 37. Reading from 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. 
But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and what? pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell at the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So often in this story, what we do is we go straight to the Good Samaritan and we, we look at the Levite and the priest and think, oh, we don't want to be like that. We want to be like the Good Samaritan, which of course is absolutely true. But we perhaps go past this first part of the passage, which is about this man of the law, a lawyer. Um, so he is asking Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, as uh, people maybe that have been around church a while, we know that's not the question that you ask. What do I do to inherit eternal life? What's wrong with that? We can't do anything to inherit eternal life because Jesus has done it all. There's nothing really good or really bad that's going to make any difference because Jesus died on the cross and he took all of our sin and our brokenness and he, he bore it there on the cross so that we can have eternal life with God forever. And if you're here this morning or you're online and you haven't accepted and put faith in the fact that Jesus has done that for you, there's an opportunity this morning to do that because the most important thing for us is to trust and have faith in what Jesus has done. And there's no good things or bad things that you do that will make a difference to what Jesus has already done. So that was his first mistake to ask that question. And then he goes on to say, well, who is my neighbor? <laughs> there's a couple of mistakes here. He obviously thinks that he loves God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and so he doesn't need to worry about that, um, which I know for certain I don't feel like I do. I want to do that, but I don't do it all the time. And then he also obviously wants some sort of lines around who his neighbor is, who he should or shouldn't love. So I, I don't know if you do that when you think, oh yeah, I do show love and grace to those people, but I don't necessarily to those people. He's kind of wanting to justify himself. What he's wanting to do is make sure that he ticks all the boxes and does all the right things instead of trusting in the free gift that Jesus has given us. Because really, we want to minister grace and love, absolutely, but we will not be able to fully do that by our own accord. We need God's help and we need to rely on God. And I think this is a really important stage of this series. We've been doing about fruitfulness on the front line. We've been talking about making good work or modeling godly character or ministering grace and love. And yes, we want to do those things absolutely. 
but we can't do them on our own. We've got to rely on God's love and his grace to us because we won't do it perfectly. We won't always make good work. We won't always be the most godly person. I know that's certainly for myself. We need to rely on God's love and his grace. And so this morning, if there's one thing that I want us to take away, it's that we can't minister any love and grace until we fully know that for ourselves in God. Okay, so that's what our, if we want eternal life, we need to rely on Jesus. Okay, now we're going to move on to this singing. Someone else may know it. I think it's Richard Hubbard. <laughs> love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It doesn't give up. It doesn't lose faith. It's always hopeful. He certainly wouldn't have got on, so he was very forgiving to extend grace and love in this way. I am... Um, it's hard, isn't it, to give grace and love when we have to show forgiveness first. Uh, a few years ago, I worked in Bella Italia, which is, I orientate myself, just up the road. And one day, a, a girl came in to the restaurant who I used to go to school with. And I didn't know her hugely well, but she was one of these people that was quite happy to holler down the corridor some things that I won't repeat now. And so she wasn't somebody that I desperately wanted to serve as a waitress. And so, as I probably have the tendency to do, I hid and maybe like pretended to make something behind the bar. And one of my colleagues went and said hello to her and her family and ushered her in to my section of the restaurant. And so I had to face my fear to show some forgiveness and to go for it. And so I plucked up all my courage and walked across the restaurant, smiling and said, hello, uh, can I offer you some drinks? And actually, she was really lovely. Uh, it was all water under the bridge and it was okay. Um, it's hard sometimes to offer forgiveness first before we do truth and love, um, before we can offer grace and love. Now, the road also that this Samaritan, um, not the Samaritan, sorry, the Jew, walked on was quite a dangerous road. Going from Jerusalem to Jericho was not a very sensible route to do on your own. It's a bit like walking across the park in the dark. It's not very sensible. But yet, this Samaritan showed him love despite the fact he'd made a really silly decision. So I was thinking of a time when we'd made some more silly decisions. And apparently this is quite well known across the community that we are not very good at keeping our car batteries up and running. And many of you have offered grace and love to us um, through helping us with jump leads, rescuing us in dodgy parts of the city, in car parks. There was one instance where um, we were off to New Wine. I don't think, I, uh, I think we might be out in the kids' work. Um, we were off to New Wine. It was about half six in the morning, quarter to seven. We were up early. Car was packed and ready to go. And um, we couldn't start the car. And so um, 
We called up all the other people that were going to New Wine that lived near us, and no one responded. And so it was about quarter to seven in the morning by this point. And um, so we said, well, we could knock the people that live over the road, but it is quarter to seven on a Saturday morning. Let's wait till seven. So at 7 a.m., we... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We knock on the door, and yes, we did wake them up. And hugely, graciously, they gave us a push, and off we went to New Wine, and it was fine. We have learned from this several years of bad car batteries, and we now have new batteries. So that's good. They didn't have to, but they showed us great and love, even when we'd been a bit silly and not very wise. As Susie said, ministering grace and love is about being selfless. It's about not putting yourself first. It's inconvenient, and sometimes it's a bit unexpected. I wonder what excuses the Levites and the priest used as they walked by. Oh, this is too dangerous for me. I've got to go to the temple. I've got to get home and see my family. Someone should help that man. I don't know first aid. Oh, it's hopeless. Oh, I'll pray for him and keep on going. It can be inconvenient and it can be unexpected. Um... A few months ago, Ben came back from the school run and he said to me, oh, um, I, got the I, ha I had to stop um, today because somebody had collapsed and I had to phone an ambulance on the way to school. And do you know what my, my first reaction to that was? It was, <gasps> did the children get to school on time? That was, that was, that was my first reaction. And I think if, if we're honest, often we think, but we've got, I mean, I'm very set in my ways, if you know me, um, and, and, I, and I'm set on a track and I'm just doing that. And actually, it, it is inconvenient, and sometimes it does mean that we have to make other sacrifices in our life. That's what this man did. It's about generosity. He gave of his time and his resources and his money. He gave up his donkey. <laughs> It's been amazing over the last week or so to see how many people have given so generously to the people in the Ukraine. And was it, I think Mike was telling me that the Polish centre was so full this week that they had to open St. Mary's Centre, um, the leisure centre, to fill it with more and more stuff because people had been giving of their resources and their, um, and their money to give to people. That's what grace and love is. It doesn't have to, but it does. I wonder who the Samaritan reminds you of. It's not a trick question. It's just like Jesus. He was an outsider and despised. He came when others failed to meet the need. He came before it was too late, and he came with everything that was necessary to help this man. He came and he gave tender care, and he came and he provided for future needs. And this is what Jesus has done for us. And so what we're going to do this morning is I, it's really important that we do show grace and love to 
to one another, absolutely. But at this point in fruitfulness on the front line, I want us to stop and to take a moment to remember the grace and love that God has for us. And it was so fitting for Megan to come and share what she shared about the spirit breaking down the walls in our lives. And I think I don't want us to just focus on what we do, 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 because it's not about that. It's about having a revelation of God's love and grace for us. And there might be things over the last couple of years that you've let get in on your life. Sin, brokenness, bitterness. And God wants to meet you where you're at. It says that we can approach his throne room with confidence. I'm going to read this from 1 John 4, verse 7 to 11. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not go know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And so this morning we're going to spend a bit more time in worship. And I want us to start to think about how we can draw close to the Father's heart. We're going to do that now. But also as we do that, think about how you can do that this week. How can I spend more time with the Father? Now, last week at Forest Church, we were doing about God is love. And we got the children to make out of sticks and branches uh, a heart, a heart labyrinth, a big one. And they walked around this heart. And as they walked around this heart, they walked into the center of the heart. And we encourage the children and families to think about what they can do to actively grow closer to God's heart. And they said things like prayer and worship. And maybe it's that this week our response is not just to extend the hand of grace and love to each other, which it is, but also to accept that God loves us. And so, um, yeah, we're going to spend some time in worship. If you have made that decision to say yes to Jesus's love and grace for the first time, we would absolutely love to pray for you or maybe turn to the person that you've, you've come with and they can pray with you. So we're just going to watch the video and as the video ends, we're going to spend some time in worship. <laughs> 